0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Sunday recap. So glad that you are here with us. This is Chris McLaughlin. I'm here with Ariel Eldridge.
1: Hey! I almost said good morning because that's
0: That's normally what we do.
1: But it's actually two o'clock in the afternoon. It
0: is today. We're we're a little behind today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's okay. And Mitch Green, how's it going?
2: What's up, people? This is Mitch with a cold. Oh. Mitch with a cold.
1: He would have really been Mufasa yesterday. Your voice sounded super deep yesterday. Yeah,
2: like Keith Groves, deep or almost. Close. almost. <laughs> nobody can be Keith. No, nobody can be Keith. I just need Keith to just narrate the Bible. Narrate the Bible. <laughs> come read stories to my kids. Yeah, that'd be like, awesome.
0: Yeah, he's got the voice. He's got mm-hmm. the voice.
1: Yes, he does.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, welcome into the Sunday recap. So glad you guys are here with us today. We are jumping headlong into the Go Together series this week um, with session one and uh, Pastor Scott preaching on session one and Philippians chapter one, verses one through 11, and all that stuff. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about today. Before we get into what we're going to be discussing with all of this, we just want to let you know about some cool things that are coming up with Go Together. So the first is something that Scott mentioned on Sunday. This is the uh, the thing called Pray and Go. Mitch, can you give us the, the snapshot elevator
2: pitch? Here oh, is yeah. Pray and Go. I mean, you'll get like the grand pitch on Sunday, October 4th, but... We are going to challenge everyone in our church to be praying for people in their neighborhood. And we're going to do it this way. We're going to send everybody out with door hangers, 20 per family. Mm -hmm. And we're going to ask everybody just to simply walk around their neighborhood, praying for their homes, and then hang the door hanger on your neighbor's home, letting them know that you've been praying for them. Which also gives them the opportunity to share prayer requests back with us. So that we can yeah. be praying for them in greater detail later. So like on the hangar, there's a way for the people to interact back with us. Yep. So there's a specific email that we've made called prayer at stonescrossing.com. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have some people send us prayers. And then if they no- mention you or your name, we'll notify you so that you can pray for That's them. That's awesome. So yeah, we got, we've got 4,000 of these bad boys and we re- we're ready to send them out. And then we've got a really cool display that I don't want to say <laughs> much about yet. To help us keep track of how many people we've been kind praying for. Kind of see how many homes have been praying yep. for. That's so cool. A
1: visual cue. We yeah. like those. Yeah. Yep.
2: Super cool. Well, I can't wait
0: for that. Um, we're going to get started with it uh, as a family. We're going to get started this week, actually. We're going to try to do it a little early. I'm excited for my kids to be a part of it, too. It'll be cool. I think it'll be really neat. So, But another thing that's coming up, too, with uh, Go Together is... What we're calling Food Truck Friday?
1: Food Truck Friday!
0: <laughs> okay, so what is this? Tell, okay. us, tell us a little bit about this. No, I
1: wish this was a repetitive thing, but really what we wanted to do is just gather the church together in such an awkward year. We've had so much trouble just having fun together. And so we want to have a night to invite you all to come um, purchase your dinner from a food truck here on site at church on October 9th. It's a Friday night. It's an away game night for mm-hmm. Center Grove, so we <laughs> it's want three you to three days after Mitch's
2: 30th birthday, too, so oh, we can have a little party. Yeah, we
1: can. We'll have some fun. Um, but we'll have some food trucks on site. We want you to come get some food with your kids. We've got um, yard games planned and some good stuff, some live music. It'll be a good night That's for awesome. the family. Also, with that, though, we want you to be thinking about the people you've maybe already had conversations with that you would like to um, introduce to a church family. Maybe they've never yeah. been around church. Um, and this is not going to look like your typical church service. This is just going to be um, a really easy way to come and get to know the church as a family and how we have fun together. Hang
0: out with the church.
1: And eat. And
0: eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's so awesome. I'm actually I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a really fun thing for um, my family to come and do and then be able to interact with you, especially since, honestly, this is the crazy thing I was thinking about. Uh, so many people who are used to seeing my kids like on a weekly basis – have not seen my kids mm-hmm. in months. Yeah. And they're going to come back to something like this and be like, oh, my goodness, Caleb has grown so much. And exactly. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, that'll yeah. be that'll be super cool. But um, it'll be so neat to just interact with everyone again and, and yeah. do that. So, yeah, I hope yeah. everyone can come to that. Uh, what day is that going to be on?
1: It's Friday, October 9th, October 9th from 530 to 8 p.m. So even awesome. if you go, maybe you're on your way home from work and you had to get dinner. You just stopped for some dessert and something, yeah. some fellowship. Just come say just hi. Come. Yeah.
2: Just come, please. Yeah. Say it's like hi to house. us. Have fun. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> fun, food truck, family, Friday. Yeah. Food truck, awesome.
1: family, Friday.
2: <laughs> Very cool.
0: Well, um, those are some big things that are coming up uh, in the next few weeks. We hope that you guys will be a part of those things. And uh, if you have questions about them, reach out to any one of us. We would love to talk with you more about it. Well, this week we jumped into the Go Together series. Uh, Mitch launched it last week, right? And then this week, Pastor Scott was up and uh, gave us week one. Uh, technically, here week one, session one of our Philippians study. And so here uh, we started talking about Philippians one verses one through eleven. Walked through that passage, and Scott pulled out basically three reasons why we're better together. That was that was really his his main point. That that what Paul is getting to here is is just expressing the the joy, the grace, the incredible um, relationship and fellowship that Paul had with this uh, with church in Philippi. and um, and how that just overflowed in thankfulness at the beginning of this letter, as he's just thinking about them, praying for them, writing to them. Uh, and so there's there's he said there's three reasons why we're better together. that that one, uh, it produces joy. When we're together, uh, that it reveals the grace of God and it advances God's mission. So, we're, I, what I want to do is just sort of dig into those things, um, just one at a time, and 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 talk a little bit more how this applies to us as we uh, as we begin to look at how to actually do this and live this out. So, the first thing he says is it produces joy, and he gets this from verses three through five. Um, Ariel, would you be up for reading? Verses three through five there of Philippians.
1: Sure will. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You can just...
1: That was through six.
0: That's okay. Okay. That's okay.
1: You gotta include six. <laughs> six is,
0: yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> must, we're we're gonna must do. We're gonna dig into six more, uh, a little bit later. But yeah, th- this whole this whole section, um, you can just hear it in his voice. This love, this 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 commitment that he has to these people. How much he just really enjoys them, and uh, it's just super cool. Uh, what are sort of just just kind of starting out here. What are sort of your impressions? Of this relationship. What, I mean, if you were to sort of categorize the relationship that Paul has with these people in Philippi, how would you, what are your impressions of that? How would you categorize it?
1: The first thing I noticed is that these are not fair weather friends because he makes note of the fact that they have been with him from the first day until now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were with him when he, was preaching the gospel you know fluently, and then they're now with him when he's imprisoned and and not working yeah outside of those walls.
0: Have you guys ever known someone in your life or had someone in your life that's been like that for you
2: yeah no i I mean I think there are people that you just know um i had a I had a question I was wrestling with um spiritually just kind of working through some personal calling stuff and there are four or five people. that I was like, these are the four or five people that I'm going to ask. And some of them are people that have came into my life in the last few years. Some of them are people that have been in my life over the long haul and they've just been loyal. And, and even though, you know, they all had a little bit of a different perspective. It was like, no, that they're, I know that they have my best interest in mind. Like there's zero, you know, zero, um, I have zero doubt that they're not going to be honest with me. Mm. you know and so i think that's that's kind of there's this this union um that we all have in christ in that circle that it's like yeah i can trust them fully
0: absolutely what a blessing that Mm -hmm. is to have that in your
2: life yeah for sure um you know one of the
0: things that scott talked about here is that the byproduct this is what he said he said the byproduct of christian community is joy so christian community being in in christian community or this um, the word that that in the Greek that he brought up here is koinonia, right? It's a fellowship, a partnership with one another. Um, is joy the byproduct of that is joy, and how this is really stands in contrast to our culture right now that 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 really in our country we've be, we've sort of we sort of value our independence much more than we value community with each other, and I think our culture is is um, has recognized that and is sort of crying out for that more and more.
1: Yeah, Scott said that um, Americans believe they can be happy by themselves. Right. They're relationally, financially, and spiritually independent. Yet we see the suicide rates rise here in mm-hmm. the U.S. So that tells us that that's not exactly true.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I think is interesting about this, and, and just from a theological perspective, is we are made, uh, according to the Bible, we are made to be dependent OK, so we're made to be dependent on God and we're made to be dependent, interdependent on one another. Right. So it's not that, um, you know, there's like a subservience to one another, but there's mm-hmm. an interdependency on one another. And um, it, it brings up a really interesting um, theological discussion about God, because one of the attributes of God is is this thing called his independence, um another uh, another term for it an old term for it is aseity mm-hmm. right and the the idea of god's aseity is that he is not dependent on anything so he uh, he depends on on no one he he needs nothing for him to exist he needs nothing for his will to be what it is he is completely ase right mm-hmm. or or completely independent there's some discussion about which is a better word to use now we are the opposite of that we are dependent and the the temptation that we constantly run into is that we want the independence that god has we mm-hmm. want to be god and so in that we say i don't need anybody i don't need i don't need community i don't need friends i don't need this i'm just going to nose to the grindstone plug it out and my life will be good and happy in essence i think this is Then thinking about it that way for me, and I don't know what you guys think about this, but thinking about it that way for me makes, makes the idea of independence or our idea of independence more of an idolatry, uh, in, in some ways where, where we're like, we're really trying to be like God in that way, um, very much like back in the garden and the fall that that happened where the temptation that the serpent, um. Made to you know to to Eve is is you know she said you know you will be like God, uh, if you take this fruit, and so it becomes an idol. It becomes an idol for us. I don't know what, what are you guys thoughts on that.
1: Gosh, I can see that. I I think it's worth taking it a step further too and saying how sometimes we're we're tempted. This may even be a separate issue, but it, it can be where our thought process goes is when we put ourselves in that place of being independent or thinking that we are independent, um, we can, it also goes hand in, hand in hand sometimes with the thought that God actually created us because he had a need.
0: Oh yeah. Um, which is not true, which is not true. And so we get <laughs> it flipped. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. So we get it flipped. Um, so yeah, I, I can see that being, I mean, it all comes out of, um, a root sin. And so I could see that being, mm. Out of the uh, desire to put ourselves in his place. Right. Yeah.
0: I definitely, you know, just on a personal level, I would say I, I definitely feel this temptation towards towards independence personally. Like, you know, this idea of like, oh, I just need to, you know, work on myself and I don't need anybody. I don't need people to tell me what, you know, how to get better, what to do.
1: Well, we see it from like two years old. We have little people who are, you know, like, no, I do it myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoes across the room you know, I tie it myself. <laughs> okay. <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but truly there is joy in, in accepting help and giving help yeah. in the community.
0: Yeah. It's like, there's a freedom that, that happens with that where we're like, I, I'm recognizing I can't, I can't mm-hmm. do this alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm recognizing that I need each other. And I think once we accept that, then there's, there's a freedom that, that takes place there where we start, you know, looking for, okay, well, who are those people, Yeah, you know, yeah. who am I, who am I doing life with? And how can I be a good um, uh, person to do this life with them as well? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what kind of a, and we're going to get to this here in a minute, but what kind of an encourager and, mm-hmm. and helper am I to them in the ministry that they're doing?
2: Yeah. I think it's just important to remind ourselves that we all have a role, you know, to relate it back to church and ministry. Yeah, It's like, you know, I think, I think in coming out of a season where we all were sitting at home consuming church on our laptops, iPads, right? you know, like yeah. that was the only way we could watch church. And mm-hmm. we were all by ourselves and maybe we were watching it with our family, but we have to remind ourselves that, you know, church is something that's done within the context of other people mm-hmm. um, and that we need each other to do this. And so I think, you know, even as we begin go together, it's like, you know, Paul has this this bond with the church that he's writing to because he understands that everybody has their own role to play. I'm in the spread of the gospel. And so it's like, as we remind ourselves, as we're beginning, you know, the series is that like, we really do all need to do this together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't happen if one guy does it, it doesn't happen, you know, just through social media, somebody posting their tweets. It's a communal effort of people saying we're all founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. and We want to carry that message to our world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like just this picture of needing, recognizing that we can't do it alone. Yeah. Um, is the starting point of saying, "Okay, we're going to go do this together." What would
0: you say to people who are at home right now, thinking, "Man, I just feel alone. I don't know where to go. I don't know. I don't know who to do life with." How? Um, what sort of encouragement can we give to people that are maybe struggling with that right now?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say lean into um, the ways that your church is is trying to provide opportunities for you to meet people. Um, and that may take a little bit of vulnerability on your part. Um, but like for our go together study, it's not too late to jump into an environment. We have environments for men, women, and um, mixed couples, you know, um, young, old, all of it. And uh, and it may take a moment to just step out of your comfort zone, but really we we do that so that, um, you can get over that hump and start to leaning into start to lean into conversations around the gospel with other believers, and find that it is so much more enjoyable to yeah. hear their thoughts and to to love each other.
0: Yeah, there's people out there.
1: Mm-hmm. There's people
0: out there. This reminds me of uh, the story of Elijah. So this is from First Kings nineteen, and and yeah. and Elijah, he's complaining to God. He's like um, he says, he's basically like, look, I'm the only one left, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and Jezebel's running after me. He's trying to kill me. And, and God, um, this is in, in verse 18, he says, um, he says, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal uh, and every mouth that has not kissed him. And so God is saying, look, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There's 7,000 people left in Israel who have not gone and worshiped this false God. There's people out there, you know? And so I, I, I wanna, I, I would say, I wanted to encourage you that are listening. If you're th- feeling like, man, I'm just, don't know where to start. I don't know if there's people that I'm gonna connect with. Um, we've got a church here with somewhere around, you know, 500, 600 adults <laughs> that, that are here. There's people here to connect with. <laughs> there's people here f- for you. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I would definitely concur with what Ariel's saying. There's take some vulnerability, but step into one of those things. Well, the second thing that Scott talked about is how going together, um, being together, reveals the grace of God. What did what did he mean by that when he said that going together reveals the grace of God?
1: I think this is where Scott took the verse six and said, uh, which says, I, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so... This good work, he just pro- he he pulled out the fact that we are all under the same salvation that came by the grace of God, mm-hmm. um, which he unpacked a little bit more and said that it's the unmerited favor of the Lord uh, that we're that we're actually saved by grace through faith, um, and this is the only thing we may have in common, which is actually a picture of a really beautiful, healthy church. Yeah, um, the fact that none of us were were able to achieve this good work. This isn't something that we just like. Mustered up and did, right? Um, that we were all brought from death to life by the power of God um through Christ Jesus. And so there's nothing that um, one of us has a one-up on. Um, and so yeah. that levels the playing field from the beginning. Um but like I said, the beautiful the beautiful body is believers who are completely different from one another in in all walk of life and appearance and um and that, this this thing called grace and this salvation is the only thing they have in common which is more than enough.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I've, I've known people like this. It, there's been people like this in my life who when they talk with me and we engage in just just hanging out and stuff like that that um and I, I I'm kind of ashamed that I don't do this more often, but my natural inclination is to not, but but what they do is they they um just really boast in the grace of God. Like like over and over again they're just like Man, you know, I'm such a sinner, and I have messed <laughs> up. But God's grace covers me, and like I'm I'm like blown away by that. I sorry <laughs> hit the thing, but but that they're just so um, taken back by the grace of God, and they just want to talk about that and and talk about really just boasting in Him. And um, there's a few people in my life that have been like that, and I'm just like, wow, like I want to be like that more you know because because as that fellowship that we have with one another as we interact with each other that we can boast to one another in the grace of God and that really reveals mm-hmm. the grace of God to each other like look what God covered in my life and look how good he is to me look at the mercies that are new every morning
2: yeah i think there's there's two there's two words in this passage that really stuck out to me when we were discussing it with our d group but there's there's these two things you know that paul says that this is what they have in common and yeah. he says that they're partners and he says that they're partakers, yeah. and I think the partner piece is really easy to talk about because that's like the mission of the spread of the gospel, which is actually the same word yeah. in Greek, by the way. Oh, it, really? Very it's, cool. It's both, clean both clean cool. And yeah. 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 So then there's this partakers aspect, which is okay. We're we're sitting under the same um, grace that God's given to us. So there's this there's this common standard that's extended across all of us in our community, to say that this is what God offers to us. That while we're, we're we are at work together in the spread of the gospel. We also are sitting under grace with one another, um, that's the community that we sit in. Yes. And so, I just felt like the, I walked away from our group discussion being like, "All right, we're partakers, and we're partners." You know, it's just an easy kind of way to sum up the passage. Yeah, yeah, really good. So Scott said, really, as
0: a as an application here, there needs to be um, for for us a. Kind of a shift in culture right so like you talked about cancel culture right now and mm. really quick just just quickly quickly define what's cancel culture in case someone doesn't know what we're talking about with that
2: Someone I, does something yeah. wrong, get them out of here. Yeah, I mean, I think just, I think that's the main way to describe it. So it's like yeah. if somebody, you know, if some if if we can dig up something about somebody or they do something wrong, it's like we just got to completely get rid of it. Right. So <laughs> sometimes for good things, sometimes for bad things. So mm-hmm. like right now, you know, Netflix has this new show called Cuties. So right. Right. That a lot of, a lot of people are like, see you Netflix, you're canceled. Yeah. No longer, you'll never, I'll never be a Netflix subscriber again. Right. So that's like one aspect of cancel culture, but that plays out to every area. Right. So it could be like an individual, like yeah. an individual where yeah, they get have, out of here. they've done something wrong mm-hmm. and we're
0: canceling that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where it's becoming really volatile. Yeah. It seems like it <clears> comes
1: <throat> from a, a posture of outrage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Q&A is probably not the best example because it's, it's a bad I mean, thing that yeah. should be canceled, but that is but it. it falls, righteous outrage. Yeah. It, fall, <laughs> it falls within. It falls within that, you know, that practice of just things are coming up and people are just like, see ya, Mm -hmm. get out of here. We never want you again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he said, instead of cancel culture, we should have grace culture. So what is that? What does that look like when we're talking about this kind of fellowship, this kind of koinonia with one another? What does grace culture look like?
1: You know, if I were to describe it really practically, it's kind of like... You know how in the '50s appliances lasted forever and yeah, ever? yeah.
0: Oh, I wish that happened. And they just <laughs>
1: you'd call the repairman, and I, I say like I was there, I wasn't, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I definitely you what a like. the 80s. remember from the '50s, and uh, we're all
0: like
2: in our yeah, well,
1: almost, are we almost all, 30? Are we all Chris?
2: I'm not. Chris
1: is the father. I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> almost 30s October 6th is my birthday I way. think
1: we've got I think we've got like <laughs> stair step going me. on here <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I just said it was three days earlier than the ninth last time <laughs> we've, got, we've got I didn't say what it was
1: early 40s late
2: 30s almost 30 late almost 30 yeah, so I
1: think we're right there yeah. but yeah so they'd recall they'd call a repairman out fix the appliance it would get fixed they would keep going for who knows how long we had the same microwave for 35 years you guys most of my life those are disposable now. i know (laughs) i know and that's how we treat that's how we treat appliances now it's they work for a couple years and then you trash them um and i kind of think about how that relates to people um in an outrage culture where we cancel people we just we write them off and we say move on next next seat move down yeah um and then in in a grace culture we're willing to rehab and rework the person and and let grace cover them and start fresh and that's right. what god does with us he redeems us and and changes Amen. us
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah i think within the context of believers it's just there's no room for canceling people yeah. mm-hmm. i think i think that's really what it is it's not a you know, oh, someone made this mistake, so let's kick them out and they can find new community elsewhere. Right. You know, it's a constant extension of grace um, to exist in community with one another because that's the, the grace that's been extended to us. So I think that's just, I, I think it's just having that posture towards people that it's always working towards a reconciliation. I, it mm-hmm. used to drive me insane when I, when I first started in ministry. Now, sadly, I just feel like I became callous to it when I would hear about people within the church that like had people in the church that they wouldn't talk to
1: mm-hmm. or like, like, right. they're like,
2: Oh, like I, like those two, like, watch out, like don't ever get them around each Dude, other. That's so and, convicting too. Yeah. I mean, Cause
0: I, I think to a certain extent we've all done that. to mm-hmm. a certain, Absolutely. And, and,
2: yeah. And, and that's heartbreaking. I mean, you're right. You're right. We, we should not be doing that. And I think that's what a, a graceful culture is like. There's no room for that. Mm-hmm. like you're constantly working towards reconciliation with people. Yeah. But for some reason it's like we we get this idea in our mind that like oh not that reconciliation reconciliation is beyond <laughs> this relationship yeah. we have and yeah. it's like there's just no room for that. Yeah. Well it
1: takes work and you know what to be honest we're just lazy. Yeah. We really are. Like yeah. it's it's more work to get into the mess and the the grime of sin. It's easier to be offended. It. Yeah, You know,
0: it's easier to sit back, be offended, and just stew in that offense and wait just like, that person needs to come to me, Mm -hmm. you know. And, yeah, that's so hard. It it does take work. You know, um, now I'm not great at this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, so a few years ago I was really – I had this strained relationship with this person, and um, they had just received this diagnosis that they were really sensitive to gluten. And I was like, okay, well, I need to figure out a way to kind of – love them because i not not that this sounds weird but like i needed it for me like i needed it because i felt like my heart was so bent to the negative for them you know to Mm -hmm. where i needed to do something that was going to change my heart towards them and i'm like i'm going to do something just to love them just just to care for them so um i went and i found a way to make this um gluten-free dessert and it was the one that like this person is like their favorite dessert but they were so sad that they were not going to be able to have this again and i'm like i'm going to find a way to do this so i went and i made this gluten-free dessert brought it to them and like he you know when, when i gave it to him he was just like huh wow like you did this for me and i'm like yeah They're like yeah you know here you go and he's like man like and he gave me a hug and the whole thing i was like I was like, cool, and um, we kind of—that's
2: what guys do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this beautiful story-filled moment. He was like, man, huh? Cool. And I was like, hug, cool. Yeah. Well, it's still awkward because of the tension. Oh, I love it. I know a it's, a, it's a great story. But <laughs> yeah, I felt, I so,
0: but I felt so much better afterwards because I'm like, oh man, like I just I needed I needed that active thing to mm-hmm. do to to change the posture of my heart toward that person, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just stewing in that in that muck that I was in before, sure, you know, yeah. and so it is active and it does take work, just like Ariel, what you're saying. Um, but but that is something that I think needs to be done when those relationships are strained. And especially within the church, like mm-hmm. Galatians 6.10 talks about like to do good to everyone, yeah. especially to those in the household of faith. And um, and it takes work. Uh, it, it takes creativity and ways mm-hmm. for us to just to to try to encourage each other in that way.
1: I will say from personal experience, it gets easier the next time mm-hmm. when you dig in once at least and just kind of get that that feel of this is how it feels to get to the bottom of the hard stuff. And it's super uncomfortable and hurts a lot. And then, yeah, yeah the next time you're like, okay, I, I, God brought me through that. I can do that again.
0: Well, the last thing that Scott talked about here is how going together and being together really advances God's mission. And he did this, he kind of said this off of verse seven. So it says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So he, we really, uh, Scott really focused in on that defense and confirmation of the gospel uh, passage in there. And um, so first of all, m- maybe let's just unpack that a little bit. Um, uh, the gospel, it's the message of, of God's uh, sending his son to, uh, to die on the cross for our sins, according to the scriptures and rising again and doing that for us, uh, according to the scriptures. And so that's the gospel message, right? So what is he talking about there when he's talking about the defense and confirmation of the gospel, first of all?
2: I'll give a broad answer and I'll try to narrow it in yeah but so so I you know Paul could be talking about a lot of things there, but what we do know is that um, there were many people that were opposed to the message of Jesus Christ so there there's there's the um, already religious folks of the day right there's the political folks of the day um, and then there's those outside the faith yeah and so every one of these groups those who were in Christ um, And then there's a whole other group, there's the false teacher group. So there's those that are somewhat within the faith, but they're proclaiming a false gospel. Yeah. So um, those who are in this deep relationship with Paul at the Church of Philippi, they they are um, having to defend almost daily um, the true gospel message, as Chris said, to these people, um, that it's founded on Christ, that it's not founded on their works, that they're not... This crazy cult. Um, again, what what is you know that what where are they into opposition to the government or where they where are they not? Yeah. Um, where you know and many of them um, would die for the faith that they believed. And so, I think I think the defense side is really this daily walking with the truth of the gospel being about Jesus Christ, um, which I think isn't much. It's 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 different just because the world was more, let's say, primitive <laughs> back then, mm-hmm. but it's not really much different than it is today. You know, I mean, there's false teachers within the church that are preaching a false gospel. Yeah. There are people outside um, of the faith who are just saying that the gospel has no authority, there's no science, there's no scientific background, there's there's nothing, you know, there. Then there's those, you know, of other religious groups that proclaim a different gospel. Right. And so I think when we, you know, walk um, in the world today, We need to have a reason um, for the things that we believe in Mm -hmm. Christ. So we need to carry the gospel message with us, but we wouldn't be lying if it's not offensive to some, which means that you have to be on the defense um, when you're explaining it to people. Yeah. Because it goes against what everybody else believes. So again, at the time of the day, that's what this message was. You know, it was a message against the religion of the day, it was a message against the politicians of the day, <laughs> you know, who many of them were even claiming to be gods themselves, you know? Yeah. And so, and then it's a message against those who are spurring up out of the Christian, out of the Christian faith, but they're false teachers. Yes. So what Paul's saying is that these people are faithful people in this mission with him against those who are claiming falsehoods about the gospel or cl- claiming an entire another gospel themselves. Right.
0: Yeah. First Peter 3.15 is a great passage for that. It says that we should always be ready, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. Have in Christ Jesus, and and but to do so with uh, with gentleness and respect as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so d- you know, don't people don't beat people over the head with <laughs> with the truth there. But um, but yeah, definitely that these people. This is what's so cool is that he says. Um, you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So yeah. they are working with them. They're in a ministry, really. They're, mm-hmm. they're living this day-to-day to help to defend the truth of the gospel. And this is what I think is fascinating is, is I mean, we've talked about this on, on the podcast before, but how we are all called to a ministry. We're all called to, to, to minister in some way or another, right? Um, every single Christian every single one, so whether that's to minister to your spouse, to your kids, to your community and your neighbors, to your workplace, to whoever, even, even as Scott has mentioned before, just loving your church family. So we are all called to a ministry um, uh, no matter who you are. If you're a Christian, you are called to a ministry.
2: Yeah, I, I just think of Paul's intro to, in this letter where he's you know, addressing it to the saints of the church in Philippi. Yes. And so there's this, there's this idea of being a saint that sometimes we think as separate from all the believers, mm-hmm. so we we make that you know oh, that's the priest, the preacher. You know, we have this picture, you know, of whatever you're wearing if you're a saint or something, and and, and there's re- a halo, yeah, and yeah. But but what flowy rose Even with that intro, <laughs> what what he is saying is that we are all active partakers. We are all partners in the spread of the gospel message. And so, um, when I think about this section of the message, I think about the fact that again, as Chris was saying, we all have an active role to play. Mm. Um, that it that the 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 gospel message will not spread to the ends of the earth just from somebody preaching it from the pulpit on Sunday mornings. right. Um, that's just not how it works. <laughs> yeah. because again, where is the gospel spread? Well, it's spread within the context of relationships in community, typically outside the church walls. <laughs> so so again, we all are on mission with this message. So Paul, if I'm to take that and like translate it to today, you know, Paul's saying, like, hey, I can write I'm writing you this letter with all these truths about the gospel. But without you actively living out your sainthood, you know, not just being merely a hearer and not a doer, then this message really doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The same way where it's like, you know, as as a pastor, it's like you can preach, 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 you know, teach, 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 teach. teach, But if the church body never says we're actively going to take this mission upon ourselves collectively, that doesn't mean the pastor isn't involved in that with everyone, but says that we're not going to actively do this together, then the message just sits there you know, in that room. And so I think, you know, we all, um, an active church body, is the people of Christ, every person sitting there on Sunday morning. Mm. I almost said the pews. We don't have pews. (laughs) Every person sitting there on Sunday morning actively saying, what does it look like for me to walk out these gospel truths that I've been taught on Sunday mornings in my life? What does it look like for me to put these things into practice? Inside and outside. Because it's like we can preach. In the church and outside the church. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because we can sit there and talk about community all day long, but if nobody's willing to reconcile their differences with one another, then we're just talking. Yeah. So it's inside. Actively living out the gospel message, but it's also saying, "What does it look like for us to carry this gospel message into our community?" Absolutely. You know, one, one couple of things to think about as you're as you're listening to this. Um, so,
0: so one, what is an individual calling that you might have? So what, What's mm-hmm. a calling that that God has placed in your life? And some of those are obvious because if you're married, you have a a call to minister to your husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have kids, you have a call to minister to your kids. You know. Um, now, what that all looks like is going to be different um, and whatnot, and we want to help to resource you to do that. That's what the church is here for, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our favorite verse, Ephesians four eleven. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, the, that that I've the, used it
1: twice this week. I know, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but that we exist as a church in order to equip you to do the ministry that you're equip called to the do. Who the saints? The saints, the saints. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Sure. But um, but even more than that, let's let's think about besides an individual call. Yeah. Um, what are the corporate calls? What, what are the things that maybe your family might be called to do Mm -hmm. together, ways that you guys can minister as a family? What are the, the ways that your D group or maybe the the table, if you're in women's ministry or men's ministry right now, and you're at a table group, what is your table maybe called to do together? Mm -hmm. What could you do together to minister to people and and actually be an encouragement to one another as you're doing Mm -hmm. that? So let me give you an, an example. Right now, we are trying to relaunch children's ministry. Let's just talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of gaps. We need people. Now, I get it. Um, it's a scary time. Do we all want to be around kids right now? Probably not. But <laughs> OK,
2: but here's germ infested. Yeah, little right? Humans, it's, it's not everywhere. <laughs> but
0: here's the thing. If, if you we want to, first of all, provide a place that is reasonably safe for mm-hmm. everyone to come and to minister to these kids. So that's that's a high priority for us. And we're looking for volunteers who are willing to get on the front line with that, OK, mm. and serve. What would it look like if a D group said, you know what, we're going to take fourth grade. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know, put, put, you know, some of us on for first service, some of us on for second service, we'll rotate weeks, all that sort of stuff. And you know, what we can do as a group is week after week, we can get to know those kids. And then when we come together, we can be praying for those fourth graders as a group. That'd be so cool. Right. Or, or we can be like, say, Hey, how is?" Johnny or Timmy or whoever, how are they doing with with this, you know, with this struggle that they're going through? And they can know that with one another and be, be encouraging and praying each other in the ministry that they're doing to those fourth graders. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, mm-hmm. so something to think about. Maybe you are called to do something corporately with a group of people that God has put you with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that's super good, Chris. I, I think again, it's. You know the main point of what we're talking about here in week one is that we exist in the context of community. Mm-hmm. But I think beyond that, too, it's like, okay, we all we all are called to be active members within the church body. Yeah, you know, active contributors, not just consumers, you mm-hmm. know, and I think I think that's the trap that we fall into, you know, as you were saying from the very beginning, is it gets very focused on us and what's best for us and our time. But part being part of a family, you know, means that everybody has to take a role, that everybody has to make sacrifices um, for the betterment of the family. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes um, we don't think of church that way because culture, you know, has moved church into another thing we consume, like Netflix. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. And so we need to remind ourselves that, no, this is something that I'm contributing in, um, that I'm an active member in this. It's not, it's not a gym membership, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's joining a family saying that I'm going to take part. And helping this family advance in the spread of the gospel and growing in, you know, knowledge of Christ together. That's exactly right.
0: Well, hey, thanks for listening today to the Sunday Recap. We hope that this was helpful, just giving you some ideas on how to apply this stuff to your life. Well, um, we're excited about what the next five weeks are going to look like. Uh, for us and for our church and hopefully you are too hopefully you are in a group doing the study that you're listening uh, to the sermons either uh, you know live on Sunday mornings or online and uh, taking advantage of this whole thing because this is a this is a church-wide thing that we're walking through we want our whole church to benefit uh, from this and so uh, so we hope that we really hope that you're uh, taking advantage of all that stuff and that you're getting other people involved in this as well again if you have any questions about anything you heard today we would love to chat with you reach out to us uh at any time and yeah we uh we hope that you'll join us next time on the sunday recap